Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Where does the vampire businessman deposit his vampire paychecks? I don't know. Where? In the blood bank. (laughs) (laughs) It's spoop hour. a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. Oh my god, the cat just busted open the door. (laughs) (laughs) Buenos dias, children. (laughs) I closed that door and latched it, and she still busted it down. That actually corresponds with what my spooky thing for the week is, but do you want to tell people who we are first? Yeah, so we're a paranormal comedy (laughs) podcast, and now my dog has run into the office. I closed the door for exactly this reason, so that I would get no interruptions during this podcast. But I think I've closed her out enough today. I was lesson planning up until right now. Mm. Anyway, we're a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. I'm Sasha. I'm Courtney. And the animals are in control of the zoo. The animals are in control of the zoo. I was just wrangling cats off mic, so it was like herding cats. Because so, it literally is. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> you can find us and our pets on the internet at Spoop Hour <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> and you can always email us at spoophour at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. What a zoo. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Yes. So, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I moved, so I'm in a, in a different house than I was. I don't want to call it a new house because it's old. But Mm -hmm. it's new to me, but it is an old house. And so the doors are kind of finicky. And I know I talked about our haunted doorknobs. Well, the dumbest cat who lives in this house, which is not my cat, Zelda the (laughs) podcat, is incredibly smart. Like, she's too smart for her own good. It fucks us up sometimes. But the dumb cat who lives here, Benedict, who's a sweetheart. He's a beautiful himbo. He's a perfect male specimen, but he is dumb as a box of rocks. Has figured out somehow how to open doors Oh, no. In this house? Because, like, most of the doors have a little bit of clearance under them, and I assume that's just because, you know, over time the floors warp or whatever, yeah. so you get that little tiny bit of, like, it's it's not even an inch. It's, like, maybe half yeah. an inch under them. So he has figured out that if he sticks his paw under it and, like, curl, curls it a certain way, he can pull the door open. So yep. every goddamn day I come into this guest bedroom to get my laptop or to send a color via friendship lamp to my mom or whatever like I come in here for a purpose and every single goddamn day that fucking closet is open when I know I left it closed and Benedict's just like sleeping on the bed like I don't know maybe someone's living in the attic and opening all the closet doors (laughs) (laughs) and so every goddamn day he opens another fucking door and every time I'm just like that used to be closed (laughs) yeah the first couple times it was disheartening because I I did not think it was Benedict I was just like I know I closed that fucking door. Why does it keep being open? And then, like, I witnessed him do it, and I was like, oh, it's you, you little shit. (laughs) The way my 
camera is positioned on top of my monitor. Mm -hmm. You can see like a sliver of my door when I'm teaching. And I try to keep the door shut again so that the animals don't rule the world. But every once in a while, again, the cat sticks her paws underneath and is able to like wedge it to open up. And the door opens and then no one's there that the kids can see. And sometimes kids are like, that was really creepy. The worst is when one of my coworkers is telling me that one of their students was like, what's that shadowy figure in your doorway? (laughs) And they like had like a moment of pure panic because they live alone. And they were like, what? But it was just a kid just being a dick. Sure. And I was like, yep, that's sounds about right. Yeah, we are just now to the point where we're letting the cats both roam overnight. And it's Uh been fine for the most part because like they're learning each other's boundaries and whatever. And the one who's as dumb as a box of rocks is, you know, constantly pushing boundaries because he has to be taught them 7,000 times. But generally it's fine, but it means that we leave the bedroom door open and the master bedroom closet, one of the doors doesn't close all the way. So eventually I'm going to get like an over the door like mirror and that'll probably help wedge it closed. Wedge it closed, yeah. But for right now, I'm contending with fucking open scary bedroom door that opens into a dark hallway where the entrance to the attic is and open scary closet door where all the monsters can fucking get you from the monster nook. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. So. I've got Kylo Ren, anime Kylo Ren back here with he'll a lightsaber, so he'll protect me. I will say, the cat who is as dumb as a box of rocks, he loves me and I love him. He's, he's a wonderful little cat and he will protect me from anything scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, my dog is a very good watchdog. She likes to sit in the dog bed next to my chair when I'm working. But she also, like, can sense, even with the blinds closed, that someone is, like, walking past our house. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I'm going to protect you! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God! But she's also the very, she's the bestest guard dog ever. Yay. And will protect us always. Yeah. Because she has a bark of a, lo- a bigger dog. <laughs> yeah, Benedict... I don't think I posted a picture of Benedict on the Instagram because I haven't lived with him very long. He's my partner's cat. My partner would presumably protect me too, but he doesn't believe in ghosts. So he's only Mm. of so much a use because I don't believe in ghosts either. But, you know, if there's a ghost or a man living in the attic, you need a dumb as box of rocks cat to get it. Anyway, Benedict, (laughs) he's just very yelly and he's, he's not aggressive. He's just... He can be more intense about playtime, and he doesn't do it with me because I'm his delicate best friend, and he knows he shouldn't, like, play rough with me. But mm-hmm. with my partner, all bets are off. Like, he's like, let's fucking go, and he he can fuck you up for yeah. a 13-pound cat. <laughs> yeah. So he'll protect yep. me from whatever's in the attic and keeps opening the goddamn doors. <laughs> Meanwhile, my cat will be hiding under the comforter with me being like, Mom, what the fuck? <laughs> so, I feel like pets. there's a there's a song about closing the goddamn door yeah. out there that maybe you should play for the cat. Yeah, and be like, haven't you people ever heard of closing the goddamn door and leaving it closed and not opening it again for the love of God, you sweet, simple himbo? That's how that song goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, did anything spooky happen to you this week? Other than the one kid being a dick? Yeah, so, <laughs> and thankfully that didn't happen to me. I think I would be like, get the fuck out of my <laughs> classroom. Oh, Yeah. Mr. Ann, I'm not in your classroom. I don't care. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. I am genuinely afraid of like open dark doorways because I'm yeah. always afraid I'm going to look back at them and someone's going to be in them. Mm-hmm. So that would not fly. And it's a good thing I'm not a teacher because I'd be like, get the fuck out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess two two things is that one, the, the spookiest thing of all is COVID. And they're they're just trying again to send us back and that's the spookiest thing. But the other thing is that it was spooky how smoothly getting a vaccination in Fairfax County was, at least like from my experience as a teacher. But I am experiencing the spookiest thing of all right now, which is mild side effects of the vaccination, which (laughs) includes just a lot of pooping. Which, let's be Which, real, is not that different from your day-to-day life. It's not life. that different. So that's the thing. I've been like, if you're friends with, some of our listeners are friends with me on Facebook. And if you are friends with me on Facebook, you've seen that I've posted a couple of like, hey, this is how I'm doing updates. And I think a lot of people are very reluctant to talk about poop. And I think we should be all talking about poop and just normalize it. Because it turns out like a lot of my friends have digestive issues, like without the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends have, you know, Crohn's, they have IBS and all sorts of things. So it's like, good to talk about your poops, because if you're having something's going wrong, yeah, if something's going wrong, you need to know that your experience is like, like that you're valid and that you should go to the doctor. That it's not something that everybody deals with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, I've been posting about my poops. Sure. And getting a lot of support on Facebook. But the spookiest thing of all is the loud, rumbly ghost that's living in my stomach right now waiting for me to shit it out. Yay. Speaking of normalizing poops and talking about poops, years and years ago, I went to college with a guy who was on the speech team with us. And somehow the topic of pooping came up. And he was talking about how, like, he only pooped, like, once every three days. And we were like, that's not... You should talk to your doctor that's not you're supposed to be doing that every day and he's like no the few times i do poop every day i just feel gross that that's inside of me and it's like where the fuck do you think it is when you're not pooping every day right (laughs) it's not coming out it's staying in yeah so i don't know if he ever ended up talking to his doctor about it but i still think about that sometimes and i'm like i hope we got through to him and he went and like Talk to his doctor. Also, real quick, I'm going to apologize for the quality of my voice. I'm having sinus issues the past yeah. couple days. I think just because it's been, like, really warm and then really cold and then really yeah. warm and then really co- So my sinuses are like, fuck it. When it figures it out, I'll calm down. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a little bit of the same, but mine yeah. is, like, just dust-related. Yeah. I think. But, yeah. So, yeah, so it's not not bad these days. Just, just a lot of poop. Just a lot of poop. Oh, and we had a peaceful transfer of power. <laughs> yes, that's the 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 unscary thing of the week. Unscariest we thing of the peaceful, week. That's the other scary thing that happened. So on inauguration day, I had to work, so that was fine. So I wasn't really paying attention to much of it. I'd watch clips of like some other things, but for the most yeah. part, I wasn't watching closely. And I think they didn't tell anyone there were going to be fireworks because they didn't want oh, people yeah. to gather and they didn't want anything bad to happen. So I was sitting on my couch with my partner in the evening in D.C. where we live, and all of a sudden there was an explosion sound, but, like, because they were using the fancy fireworks, it was a weird explosion sound. So it wasn't, like, your standard, like, pa, 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 which is, like, oh, okay, it's fireworks. It was, like, a and I was, like, oh, my fucking God, they waited until now, and now they're striking. What the fuck? And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and he was like, I don't know what that is. And then we got a text from his friends who live in Maryland, and they were like, we can hear the D.C. fireworks from here. And we were like, oh, thank God. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I about peed my pants. We could hear it in Virginia, and it was just really funny because, like, one of my friends who lives closer to the Potomac River was like, 
help, my baby just woke up. Oh, no. <laughs> he won't go back down. Like, did anyone else know there was going to be fireworks today? And we're no. like, nope. Yeah, on the one hand, I get why they didn't publicize it, but on the because other hand... Because I would have gotten in my car and gone. <laughs> See? And... Even though I'm scared of COVID, I was like, I would have just sat in my car and been like, ooh, pretty lights. Yeah. And, yeah. But, like, on the other hand, it's like, you can't... You, I spent... Everybody was like, wow, I feel amazing on Inauguration Day. But mm-hmm. for me, I was like, I will feel better tomorrow when, when nothing not happens today. Like, when when nobody tries to storm anything, when there are no fucking white supremacists starting shit. I will feel better tomorrow when we're through it. Right now, I am on edge because I'm scared something's gonna happen. Yep. And so... I, we were almost through the day. We were like 90% of the way through the day. And then they set off fucking fireworks. And that was, that was very that frightening was for much. me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about this week, Sasha? We're talking about ghosts. Ghosts with the mostest. <laughs> yes, we're talking about... So the initial concept for this was ghosts with unfinished business. And then we realized that most ghosts... That's unfinished most ghosts. business. Yeah, and that's why they're you, ghosts. When you Google ghosts with unfinished business, because as a very reputable podcast, that's like how we do most of our research. When you Google that, turns out capitalism ruins everything because capitalism's like, oh, did you mean a ghost business? Because that's like a shell corporation, but it's smaller. So it's a business that doesn't actually hire anyone, but has passive investments in whatever, and it's a way to like shelter money so that you don't have to pay taxes on it, which is bullshit. And I'm like, no, that's not what I meant. And so then yeah. I searched like ghost of a businessman thinking like surely somebody who's like started some big shot company whatever right. surely one of them is a ghost like you know you're ronald mcdonald's and whoever else like surely one of them i'm aware ronald mcdonald did not found mcdonald's but like you know what i mean <laughs> surely one of them is haunting some shit and yeah. it turns out there's somebody who's been on shark tank and written a book who refers to himself as the business ghost. So that fucking didn't do anything. No. <laughs> and then I Googled, like, ghosts who come back to do something. And I got a bunch of articles about five tips for when he ghosts you but comes back later. And I'm like, this isn't <laughs> what I wanted. I this wanted is not a, what I want. I wanted a ghost who come back like my great-grandma's cousin or whoever, where her husband came back and was like, here's where I buried the money. I wanted that shit. And instead, I get like 10,000 unrelated things. And so then finally I was like, fuck it, I'll just get close. (laughs) That's what we're doing today. (laughs) So we're just doing ghosts. It's just ghosts. It's fine. It's fine. But we did get a listener email. Yeah. We love listener emails. And this is about haunted government buildings and from listener Nicole. And Nicole says, just finished listening to the new episode, and you asked about buildings we know about. The county courthouse in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, is documented as haunted. Where the parking garage currently is, is where the gallows used to be. Why do we keep building shit on old gallowses? Right? (laughs) I was going to be like, we straight up have a street here called Called Gallows Gallows Road. Road. Yeah, like, we're we're begging to be haunted. We're begging to be haunted. But, like, come on. Yeah, and so there is on record EMS calls from courthouse security that someone had hung themselves in the garage. EMS got there and couldn't find anyone, but security swore up and down that they saw it on the CCTV. In the building itself, the creep factor is high. I can't off the top of my head remember any specific ghosts, but as someone who used to be a ghost hunter and who's sensitive to things like that, I would place good money on it. I'm sorry, you used to be a ghost hunter and we're only just finding out about this now? Nicole. Nicole. We need them deets. (laughs) And then Nicole leaves us with this thought. The hospital right down the road, however, I can tell you is haunted AF. (laughs) All right. 
Nicole. 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 We you're have holding questions. out on us. <laughs> we, we need more information. Nicole, email speedpower at gmail.com or anybody else if you have stories. One, I hate it. I hate CCTV ghosts hanging themselves and then being, I don't care for that shit at all, first and foremost. <laughs> Secondly, that just reminded me, you remember that shitty ghost tour I went on before the world stopped allowing us to do fun things in like ghost tours. Napa Valley? <laughs> yeah. And we went by the, like, Napa Valley City Court or something, and that's allegedly super haunted. I didn't even think about that when we were doing haunted government buildings. <laughs> and while we were on the shitty ghost tour, our shitty ghost guide was like, oh, you can see the ghost of the man's face right now. And I turned around and I was like, can you? Kind of just <laughs> looks like a dark window. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, dude. And he's like, no, it's the face right there. And I'm like, is it? That, that just reminds me of... <laughs> In the seminal classic video game, Kingdom Hearts 2, <laughs> Roxas is looking into a window in, like, the first part of the game, and he's like, there, you can see her, there's the girl in the window, and then his friend who's with him is like, that's just the curtains flapping. <laughs> yeah, but, that was kind of me on the ghost tour, I was like, I don't, I don't know that that's know the person's that. face, but, but okay. But yeah, CCTV thing freaks me out, I but don't it's like also... That. In the BBC production of Hamlet, mm -hmm. featuring David Tennant and Patrick Stewart, they have CCTVs uh, uh, throughout, but you just see the security uh, security guards, like, trying to, like, like, backing away from, like, nothing. So the camera's not recording that there's, like, a oh. ghost there. They're just recording the reactions from everyone else, but the way everyone's reacting is, like, there's something there. That's fun. I like yeah. that. I don't like it in real life. That I, I, I care <laughs> I like for that it in a Hamlet. I like it in Hamlet productions. That's cute and clever. Yeah. I, I like it less when you're just like doing your job and it's two in the morning, so it's already and spooky. Someone, <laughs> and you see, see something spooky. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like I don't that like either. It. Anyway, so, anyway, thank you, Nicole. Fun. Nicole, was, thank you so much. That was be top like tier. Nicole. Yeah. Send us stuff. Yeah, be like Tell Nicole. Us about Send us buildings. Your spooky stories. Do you want us? Do you want to hear us say thanks? I hated about something you said. Gmail.com. <laughs> I, I love it. I love yeah. it, and I'm scared of it. Yeah, but I'm please, upset. Please tell but me I'm, more. I'm very happy, but I'm very upset. But I'm I'm good. So tell yeah. me about this hospital. <laughs> yeah, tell us about the hospital. We got to do spooky. How have we not done spooky hospitals? I'm pretty. Didn't we? We've talked about we've talked about spooky medicine, but we I don't think we've done spooky oh, hospitals. Specific hospitals, yeah, yeah. Well, we've talked about did we talk about like psychiatric facilities? Mm -mm, not really. We've talked about prisons. Yeah. Well, no, we we did one Alcatraz story. We have prisons on the to do list at uh, some point. I don't shit. I don't think I've ever had hospitals on the to do list. Well, now that the horse is no longer in the hospital, I know we, could we can do talk hospital. about hospitals again. Yeah, let's talk about hospitals. Yeah, we. I have nothing on, and I. I maintain this like chart. Yeah, we've never done spooky hospitals. Huh? Maybe just speak. How? There's so many. I know hospitals I mean, are just kind of inherently like, spooky. We've done incidental spooky hospitals because I know like my New Orleans ghost tour took us past some spooky hospitals and shit. And you've been talked about the quarantine station in yeah. Australia. Yeah, we've incidentally done them, but like we've never dedicated an episode to it, which is stupid. So. Spooky hospitals. Yeah, I was gonna say we should be talking about the. Do you remember the uh, the mental institution in Stanton that got converted into like a school and oh, then shut yeah, down? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then people like try to go and explore it. Yeah, that's a spooky hospital. It is. 
we should talk. Man, we're stupid. <laughs> Wouldn't th- We've said it before. We'll say it again. Wouldn't this podcast be great if we were smart? <laughs> if we were smart, if we this were podcast smart. would be amazing. It would just be like we'd win all the podcast awards. <sighs> we'd just be swimming in pools of money like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be so popular. We'd be so popular. Thank you to all of those who listen to our podcast, even though we're so stupid. Yes, we appreciate you. You're smart for listening, I guess. And just in general, we'll be dumb for you. Don't worry about it. So... <laughs> Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? For You go first. Okay. Yeah. So, in my notes, this is my ghost with unfinished business. I'm about to explain my rationale for why I picked what I picked and don't worry about it. Uh. This comes from Snopes.com, Ranker.com, and CatchNews.com. Very reputable. Oh. All the news that's fit to catch. <laughs> that, I don't think that's their slogan, but it should yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> In my notes, I put, I had a hard time finding ghosts with unfinished business. So here are some stories of ghosts who saved people's lives. Because presumably, that ghost came back with unfinished business. The business being saving somebody's life. Don't think about it too much. It works. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, the unfinished business was making sure whoever the fuck it was is alive. Yeah. Also, my cat has finally consented to having me pick her up so she can get on my lap and if you hear a dim crying of a cat in the background it is because benedict it is almost time for him to eat dinner and he is Mm. letting all of us know it yep anyway story number one once upon a time a man and a woman were driving on a remote stretch of highway all of a sudden they came across a woman standing in the middle of a road waving them down The wife said to keep driving because it might be some sort of dangerous scheme, but the husband decided to slow down and see what was going on. As they rolled past, they saw the woman was covered in cuts and bruises, so they decided to stop and see if they could help her. The woman quickly explained that she was in a car accident with her husband and baby and that their car had rolled into a deep ditch. It was too late for her husband, she said, but could you please go to the car and get her baby from the back seat? What? The man agreed and told the injured woman to stay at his car with his wife. He made his way over to the ditch and carefully climbed down. Sure enough, there was an overturned car at the bottom. As he approached, he saw two people in the front seats, but paid it no mind when he heard the baby crying. He carefully removed the child, then returned to his car. The man was shocked to find his wife waiting alone. He asked where the woman had gone. She followed after you. Didn't you see her? said his wife with a confused look on her face. The man passed the baby over to his wife and then trekked back to the site of the car crash. This time when he approached, he took a good look at the two people in the front seat and saw they were very clearly dead. The driver of the car was none other than the woman who had flagged them down. Spooky. This is directly from my notes. Obviously, this is an urban legend. I got yeah. this one from Snopes. This was specifically of the email forward variety. And you, if you ever got it, usually it's accompanied by, this is evidence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How can you not believe in his almighty whatever when he does stuff like this? Wow, amazing. But it was it was an email forward. But like th- this was kind of the shit I was going for. So that was a ghost unfinished business. She came back to make sure that somebody would get her baby out of the car. Yeah. So... Cool beans. Also, in a little bit, you're going to find out that it's maybe based on a true story. Oh. Actually, let's cover that now. I don't, yeah, I don't know why. let's cover that now. I don't know why I organized this the way I did. <laughs> Remember when we said this podcast would be great if we were if smart? We're smart. We're just not. Anyway. So. Where is it? Yes. Okay, here it is. So. 
Utah police officers were called in March 2015 to investigate a car that had somehow crashed and been partially submerged in a river. Upon arriving at the scene, they heard a young woman cry out from the car, Help me! We're in here! Officers got to work pulling the car out of the river. Once inside the car, though, they saw that the driver, a young woman named Jennifer Grosbeck, had been dead for seemingly hours. Her 18-month-old daughter, Lily, though, was barely conscious, but alive. If the young woman hadn't called out to them from beyond the grave, Mm. there's a chance her daughter would not have been rescued. Oh. Or at least not in time. One officer on the scene said, quote, For two nights, I've laid awake trying to figure out exactly what it could be that cried out for our help. All I know is it was there. We all heard it. It was extra motivation. Yeah. So. Spooky. Spooky. So that's one of the like real ghost stories. Obviously, your mileage may vary on the word real in this instance. These are people who swear this really happened and not like the email your great aunt forwarded you. Ooh. All right. Now, let's get back into it. This one I'm very excited to share with you because it is about none other than the queen herself, Dolly Parton. Yay! This is a pro-Dolly Parton podcast. It is. She is a great woman. She helped fund COVID vaccine research. She She makes sure sure little kids can read. She's great. She's all in on Black Lives Matter. She is just incredible. Truly. Just a queen. 10 out of 10 for Dolly Parton. So, Dolly Parton says that the ghosts of her dead grandmothers watch over her and have saved her life and her wallet on several occasions. Wow. This is shit that she has talked about in interviews, and if it were anyone other than Dolly Parton, I'd be like, "Mm." but it's Dolly Parton, so, like, obviously, she's got to be telling the truth because she's amazing. One such instance saw Dolly about to board a plane to Salt Lake City. As she tells it, suddenly, I saw my grandma's ghost standing in the corner. She kept saying, don't catch the plane. Don't catch the plane. (sighs) And so Dolly did not board the plane and switched flights instead. Sure enough, the flight she was supposed to be on crashed, and there were no survivors. No! Right? And I'm like, this is the shit. This is what I wanted. I want fucking (laughs) Ghost to be like, don't do it. Don't do it. And then like, that's... This is what I wanted. Okay, that just reminds me of yesterday I watched for the very first time in my entire life Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. Oh. And, and when the, the little girl at the beginning of the movie is like, I translated the Morris code, yeah. it said stay! Uh-huh. I was like, ooh. Yeah, then it's yeah. a real kick in the pants at the end when it's like, spoilers for Interstellar, but to be fair, that movie came out like six, six years, years ago. Six years ago, yeah. But... It turns out at the end, it's him trying to communicate to himself via the Morse code to yeah. stay because it's not fucking worth it. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. But then they it, figure it out, and it's okay. And that movie has a weirdly happy ending. It kind of does, yeah. And then I, Anne Hathaway is, like, harvesting semen babies on the one planet that's kind of livable. Yeah, that's where I was, like... I think that was my biggest problem with that movie was, like, compared to, like, a lot of other Christopher Nolan films and... My husband's a fan of Christopher Nolan. I am not. I, so I, I don't... My mileage varies with Christopher yeah. Nolan films, but I was like, this seems very uplifting yeah. <laughs> somehow. He's kind of hit or miss for me. Some of his stuff I really like, and then some of his stuff I'm like, eh. The thing I liked the least about Interstellar was the scene where they're on the planet that's just straight water. Yeah. Because I have nightmares where I turn around and yep. there's a giant wave. Wave. So mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, oh, I do not... I don't care for this. <laughs> Yeah, it was the it was like the sound end. design for me. It was very oh. no- loud. It was very loud, and I was yeah. like getting very anxious. <laughs> yeah, 
It's but an anxiety that, that's movie. the point, yeah. I guess, of them. Anyway, anyway spooky. Also, Matt Damon's an asshole in that movie. It's, oh, my it, God, yeah. Matt like, Damon is what would have happened if he stayed on Mars. Yeah, if he had gotten on Mars in the Martian. He, he, he would have just like, been asshole. vindictive till the ends of his days. He's like, no, I just wanted you guys to come here and die with me. Cool beans, bye. Bye. <laughs> anyway. Dolly Parton's grandma's ghosts, which is what brought up this entire topic. Oh, I will also say the first panic attack I ever had in my life, I had a feeling that like I was supposed to get on a plane the next day and all of a sudden I was seized by this feeling that if I got on that plane, something really bad would happen. And then now I know, and at the time my mom figured out, fortunately, she was like, you're having a panic attack. You're not having a ghostly vision. You're you're having a panic attack. Panic attack. <laughs> Nothing yep. happened to the plane. That plane was fine. But I have anxiety. Yep. <laughs> So anyway, so Dolly Parton. I get nervous getting on planes. And I get nervous on airplanes. Airplanes. Sometimes. And I frequently urinate. I do. 11 times a day. Times a day. It's too many times. So Dolly Parton's grandma's ghosts. That's what we're talking about right now. This is not a life-saving story. This is something she credits them with, though. She was about to sign a contract, and the ghosts of her grandmas came back, and they were like, ho, don't do it. And she was like, I got to listen to my grandmas. And she backed out, and it turned out that contract would have cost her millions of dollars. So it kind of saved her life. Yeah, so in a way, it saved those millions of dollars that she could then use to teach kids how to read or donate to Black Lives Matter or fund the COVID vaccine. So thanks, Dolly Parton and your grandma's ghosts. Her grandma's new. They knew. She was going to need her money to do good. Mm -hmm. They were like, you're doing the Lord's work. We're going to make sure you have enough money to do it. Yeah. So 10 out of 10, Dolly Parton's grandma's ghosts. Here's another story. In 2000, these are very like listicle-y because again, since it was challenging to find these stories, I just, you know, I went listicle style. Yeah. It's fine. I'm going to because you did my research for me because you're a goddess. (laughs) It's because I was on Ranker, and I was like, I bet Ranker has something else that applies Ranker to Ranker has so many good business. lists about ghosts. Yep. So, shout out to Ranker, doing our homework for us since 2021. <laughs> so, in 2007, a young woman was staying with a friend after escaping an abusive relationship. While in the house with him, he pointed out that he had a shrine dedicated to his late sister. So, this is your standard garden variety shrine. It had candles. Sure. Yeah. It had little bits and bobs that she would have liked. But he said that each day to keep her memory alive, he would put a shot of tequila on the shrine and play one of her favorite songs. Aw, that's cute. It's so nice, That's really sweet, yeah. He told the young woman that as long as she stayed under this roof, the spirit of his sister would protect her. A few days later, the young woman was home alone when her abusive ex broke into the house. Hate it. Yeah, I hate that. He threatened her with a knife and tried to attack her, but suddenly, the sister's shrine came to life. It shook violently, candles were blown out, and a crucifix above it flew at the attacker. The stereo turned on full blast, and the attacker fled, never to return. Wow. Right? Like, respect. That sister has your back. That sister has your back. Love it. I hope she got an extra shot of tequila that day. Yeah. She deserves it. All right, here's another one. This one was crazy because this one was legitimately in a newspaper, and there was a link to the little old-timey newspaper article and the Ranker article that I found. So this is, I don't want to say it's real because our writing ghost story is real, but this one, he felt confident enough that this was what happened that he told the newspaper about it. But it was the 1900s, so like the newspaper journalistic standards were like in the gutter. Like, you know. It wasn't there yet. I saw Goody Proctor vent in Medbay was basically every single article. Exactly. So 
Charles Henry Durand was a New Jersey farmer in the early 1900s. One night, he was riding home in a buggy when the horse pulling it abruptly stopped. Suddenly, a woman in white appeared, and Durand was floored. It was his wife. Huh. Except she had died several years ago. Oh, no. He and his horse were frozen in shock. The ghostly vision <laughs> approached Durand, leaned over, and whispered, There is danger at home. Stay away till morning. Uh-oh. Durand tried to ignore the message, but his horse wouldn't move. He ended up unhitching the horse to calm it down, then rehitching it to the buggy so they could actually get back home. The process took so long that he only got back when it was already dawn. <gasps> right away, Durand saw something had gone wrong at the house. A window was broken, and muddy footprints covered the floor inside. <gasps> now on red alert, Durand carefully inspected the rest of the house and saw a string stretched across his bedroom doorway. He set it off using an umbrella, and a shot rang out. Whoever <gasps> had broken into the house had rigged a booby trap to shoot anyone who went in through the bedroom door. Later, when talking to the local newspaper about the incident, Durand credited his ghostly wife for saving his life. Wow. I hate that. <laughs> Who's trying to kill you by yeah. booby-trapping your house? Right? And, like, I, I mean, you know, I, I didn't research to see if there were follow-up articles, but, like, if Sheesh. someone was mad enough at you to set up a booby trap in your bedroom to shoot you, wouldn't you be worried they would try again? That <laughs> sounds I like... Be. Sounds like Matt Damon in Interstellar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask yourself, is this something Matt Damon and Interstellar would do? And then maybe plan accordingly. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I... Like, because it's one thing to be like, oh, they just broke in and presumably they were, like, waiting for him to come back or whatever. And then, like, like the left. So then it's like, okay, well, maybe they were just, like, a right, your run-of-the-mill burglar. Or, like, you know, they wanted to start some shit, but he wasn't there and it was a crime of opportunity or whatever. But setting the booby trap, that is... That is malice aforethought. Like, you know, that's... I feel like that person's not going to give up. Ooh. Anyway, I hope he moved and did not tell anyone where he was going and took his nice horse and his buggy and got the fuck out of there. Like, what killed his wife? Now I'm curious. I know, like, nothing said. I assumed illness because it was the early 1900s. 1900s that's yeah. what everybody died of. And, you know, like Spanish influenza and whatever. Sure. But, like, I don't know. Maybe somebody like killed his wife and she came back and was like, he's come to finish you the fuck off. Ugh. Don't anyway, like that. Remember that time we tried to do Christmas ghosts? Yeah. Yeah, well, I found one on accident today. Oh, good. <laughs> so, this is one that happened in Shropshire, which is okay. in the UK. Yeah. Picture it. It's Christmas Eve 2016. We were all burnt out from the election still, but we were trying to plow through it. Yeah. Jane Reynolds felt something strange in her house. But uh -oh. dismissed it and went to bed. Never dismiss it. If there's one thing you've learned from listening to this podcast... Podcast is don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss bad vibes. Listen to the bad vibes. They're trying to tell you something. At 4 a.m. Christmas morning, an unseen force ripped her comforter off the bed and started ah. shaking her to wake her up. No. <laughs> now kind of awake, she heard banging and screaming from somewhere inside the house. So she's uh -oh. like, oh, shit, my two sons, something's going wrong. So they're in danger or they're hurt or something. Yeah. So she throws herself out of bed and she goes to check on her sons to see if that's where the banging and screaming is coming from. Ethan, her older son, was sleeping quietly, 
but her 18-month-old son, George, was choking in his sleep. (gasps) Jane was able to clear his airway and George was okay, but since Ethan was sleeping and George's airway was blocked, who was doing all the screaming? When she relayed the story to her friends, they told her that 50 years before she lived in the house with her boys, a family had moved out after the sudden death of one of their children. Jane believed it was the ghosts of the baby who passed who warned her that something was wrong in the boys' room. And this is just an aside that I put in my notes, but like, for real, that is a lot of cognition for a ghost baby. That's a lot of cognition for a ghost baby, and that's also a lot of information for your friends to know about your place. I know, like... (laughs) And they didn't tell you before you moved in? Like, if I knew that the house you moved into 50 years ago, family moved out because the abrupt death of one of their kids, I would for sure mention it. Yeah. Like, also, I would probably need to explain why I was so full of knowledge and trivia about your address. Like, do I just read old house trivia for funsies? Yeah. So, a little sus, but what can you do? All right, here's another one. I have two more, and then we'll get to yours. So, this one is something, and this is something that, like, I've kind of heard happening before, so we'll see. So, in January 2016, Sonia Burton had a severe heart attack at work. Paramedics arrived quickly, but were unable to resuscitate her on the scene. Her body was moved to the hospital, and after 56 minutes of being dead, Sonia abruptly came back to life. Ah, (laughs) She said that while she was technically dead, her late husband appeared to her and told her it wasn't her time to go. Instead, she needed to go back to the children. And she did. Jesus. Right? And I've heard before, like, people who have out-of-body experiences when they're, like, having surgery or they, like, are briefly dead or whatever, they see, they're, they're, like, above themselves and they see the paramedics working on them. Yeah. That's freaky. Don't. That freaks me out. Yeah, it's creepy. Also, I lied. There's three. I just didn't do a good clean paragraph. Don't bake. worry. So I have two yeah. left to go now. <laughs> it's a bonus ghost. You didn't see that ghost. You didn't. It just showed didn't. up. This was my ghost with unfinished business. The unfinished business was properly formatting my notes. <laughs> so this is a spooky one from Sacramento, California. I don't like this one for a lot of reasons. So... Christine Skubish and her three-year-old son, Nick, set out on June 6, 1994. While on the road, Skubish fell asleep at the wheel. And just an aside, please don't drive when you're sleepy if you can yeah. all avoid it. Like, pull your car over, take a nap. Like, don't, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's super dangerous. It's like driving drunk. Just yeah. don't do it. We just don't talk about it the way we talk about driving drunk. But try to avoid driving while sleepy. That's hard for me because I'm, I, so, so here's the thing about me and driving while sleepy. I'm always tired Mm -hmm. and I'm the kind of person who falls asleep very easily in cars when I'm a passenger that even on a short, like two hour drive to Richmond or like Harrisonburg or something, I have to switch drivers with someone or else I will fall asleep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's bananas. Yeah. And like, like, within reason. Like, I'm tired all the time, but, like, I'm not tired to the point of being impaired. Oh, yeah, but I'm, like, like, sleepy all the time. Yeah, if you I'm, are, like, always drowsy. Yeah, if you are drowsy, if you are having a hard time keeping your eyes yeah. open, please do not get behind the wheel I'm, of a car. I'm, uh, this kind of person who's, like, I've had three coffees. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, still kind of, like, head doing the bob thing. <laughs> and that's why back when we did stuff, I would drive us. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. And Jack drives me, and yeah. Yeah, so we make it work. Anyway, we make it so work. 
Scoobish fell asleep at the wheel. Her car crashed 40 feet down into an embankment. Oh, God. Below the road. Scoobish died on impact, but <gasps> her son Nick survived with injuries, but he was trapped in the car. Oh, no. And remember, he's three, so, like, yeah. he doesn't have a lot of, like, cognitive ability to be like, oh, this fuck. is what I need to do to get out of this situation. Yeah. Because they had crashed into the embankment below the highway, though, no one could see their car from the road. Oh, fuck. And thus, no one knew they were there. <laughs> this is... That's rough. I don't... That's number one detail I don't care for. It's like, nobody knew they nobody were down there. Nobody can see that you're down there. Because... And this was, like, this was before cell phones were widespread, because it was 1994. So right. it's not like you could just do, like, a find my phone, because your friend was supposed to arrive, you know, two hours ago. And yeah, where are they? Text, where are mm-hmm. they? You can't do that to, like, geolocate them. Right. It's just, like, they fucking disappeared. Mm-hmm. Not that. So, four days later, on June 10th, fellow Sacramento resident Deborah Hoyt woke up surprisingly early. She couldn't shake the nagging feeling that there was something she needed to do urgently outside of the house. She and her husband got into the car and started driving along Route 50. When they came to a remote stretch of the highway, they saw a woman lying on the side of the road. They found a payphone, they called 911, but by the time paramedics and police arrived, there was no sign of the woman who had been lying on the side of the road. (sighs) But one cop, who was familiar with the disappearance of Christine Skubish and her son, knew, hmm, Young woman. Weird. So he kept checking. And he eventually found a child's shoe near where the woman had allegedly been laying. Finally, he went down to the embankment. Inside the car, they found Christine's body, but Nick was still alive. He was injured, hungry, and thirsty, and he'd been exposed to the elements for four days, but he was alive. Oh, my God. The Scoobish family credit Christine's ghost for laying on the side of the road of t- to draw attention to Nick. Wow. That's what's bonkers to me. I hope that if anything ever happens to me, that I can, like, astral project myself like that. Yeah. Come to, come to me. Shit. I'll I'll be like, oh, shit. Because, one, we have the agreement, you know, if you die first, I you have to come to you. I would haunt you if I yeah. die. Yeah. And then if I die first, I have to come to you and be like, you were right. Ghosts are real. <laughs> so... One, you have to come to me anyway. So since you're going to be here and I'm, you know, paranoid yeah. anyway, you can be like, anyway, here's where my body is. And I'll be like, got it, ghost Sasha. I'll like write down some notes and I will go out there and I will white woman at the police until they come and find you with me. <laughs> so thank you. You're welcome. I got you, boo. <laughs> and this is my last one. Are you ready for some historical building preservation as unfinished business? Oh, shit. Yes, I am. I saw this and I was like, this is exactly the fuck I wanted, but I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't find search terms that would bring it to me. So in 2016 in Omaha, all of these stories are from 2016, I'm now realizing. It was a yeah. big year. Harambe big year. died. There was yep. that terrible election where we put yep. a horse in the hospital. A lot of shit happened in 2016. Oh, yeah. So, 2016, Omaha, Nebraska. Three buildings were set for demolition. Among them was the Christian Specht Building. Built in 1884, the Specht Building was the only cast iron building in all of Nebraska, which is fucking badass. Can you imagine building a building out of cast iron? Jesus. That's a sturdy-ass building. Yeah. Tornadoes are like, well, I'm just going to fuck right off. Yep. (sighs) I should live in a cast iron building because of my fear of tornadoes. Mm. In spite of its obvious historic significance, because this was the only cast iron building in the whole state. So, obviously, historical AF. 
Mm-hmm. Despite this, and despite ongoing protests to protect it, the city was still going to tear it down. They were like, nope, we need the space. This building's got to go. Until local ghost hunting team Rural Investigations of the Paranormal stepped in. After some investigations, they determined that Christian Specht, the original owner of the building, was still inside. Oh, but like shit. in a ghostly capacity, not in a he's cast ironed into the walls like Hansel yeah, like, style. Like Cap- Washington Capitol ghost. <laughs> yes, not like that guy. He's just he's just hanging out in there like ghost style. Yeah. Presumably using dowsing rods, because the Ranger article was like, they asked him yes or no questions, and I'm like, I feel like this was a dowsing rod scenario. And yeah. I have my dowsing rods. Speaking of, I should check to see if this house is haunted. You should. Neither here nor there. So, using the dowsing rods, probably, they asked Specht if he knew the building was set to be demolished and was about to be demolished, and if he was fine with that. And Specht was like, I beg your fucking pardon? Right. No, I did not know that. And also, no, I'm not okay with it. Fuck right off. Somehow, this deciding ghostly voice, that was the turning point, and the city spared the building. That's crazy. Right? But also really awesome. That's so good. More ghosts to save historical buildings, please and thank you. Please and thank you. Yeah. So. Wow. Those are my ghosts that saved lives, or saved things in general, like buildings. Yeah. I loved it. Damn. Right? I'm going to go through another listicle. (laughs) Yay! From Ranker, but featuring stories from folks on Reddit. And basically, these are just a couple of times that ghosts intervened when they were doing something they shouldn't have been doing. Yay! So maybe not necessarily saving their lives, but definitely saving their asses or saying, look at your life, look at your choices. (laughs) This is the unfinished business of making sure other people make good choices. Yeah. We need one of those in the house. Because the thing we say most to Benedict when he's about to make a very terrible decision and get too close to my cat, we're all, we always look at him and we go, make good choices. Make good choices, himbo. And he, he doesn't listen. But, like, we need a ghost who is the good choices ghost to be like, buddy. I'll say this. The ghost that lives in my computer who listens to me and gives me advertisements geared towards my interests just switched the advertisement on Ranker to be Pepto-Bismol because it knows (laughs) that I'm having COVID vaccine poops. Thanks, good choices, ghost. Thank you, good choices, ghost. (laughs) So this first one is from a Redditor named Adam Inc. And basically he says that over a few weeks one summer when he was in middle school, he and his friends decided... Again, for some reason, okay, this is happening during the summer and you're in middle school. I don't know why you would make this decision, but they decided to go and sneak into a nearby school and just, like, fuck around. Because they're 13 and, you know, there are no bad choices. Right, but at the same time, I'm like, it's summer. Why are you going back to school? Get the that's fuck like away the, from that place. This is your whole the, thing right now, being my, away from there? My whole thing is being a teacher, and even I don't want to be anywhere near my building or any school building during the summer. Yeah. Like, these kids already complain, like, during the school year, like, oh, we have school, we have school, and it's like, yeah, the teachers complain too, but it's like, yeah, why would you just, like, want to fuck around during the summer and, like, break into a school? Like, Right. Yeah, and they, apparently they didn't, like, do anything, like, too bad, they, like, they didn't damage anything, they just mm-hmm. would, like, eat any, like, snacks that were left in desks or eat ice cream out of the teacher's Ew. lounge. Those which snacks if have been still, in there for, like, two yeah. months. So that's the other part where I'm just like, if there's 
still ice cream in the teacher's lounge fridge or freezer. That's probably from like the end of the year ice cream social. And it's probably really gross by now. But again, these are kids who are like seventh and eighth graders at the point. So grossness has no bounds. And they would, like, write notes and, like, leave them in the teacher's desks and stuff. Well, the first night that they went in, they were going to go into the library, and they had the door open, but then they heard a voice that said, no, don't. And they looked around, they're like, who said that? And it's like, no, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And so they were like, okay, that's weird, so they didn't go in. And then after that night, the next time that they broke into the school, the library doors were locked, and so they couldn't get in even though they wanted to. And then the next time they went, which was like another week or so later, their entrance, which was the rooftop hatch to the school, was locked, and they couldn't get in anymore. Then the very next night, another group of guys got busted after climbing in through the library windows. It seems that there were motion detectors inside the library, and they were pointing into, like, the main area. So, like, oh. if the kids had gone into the library, it would have, like, tipped off the silent alarm. And they would they would have been busted if that dismembered phantom voice hadn't said... Or not dismembered, disembodied voice. <laughs> Maybe it was dismembered. We don't know. Dismembered voice. <laughs> see it. It didn't say, no, don't. That's, like, the opposite of a snitching ghost. That ghost was like, look... Bros, I'm not going to narc on you, but if you go in there, you're going to narc on yourselves. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to get fucked. <laughs> yeah, you're going to regret it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. S- schools have better security these days. I was gonna, we have what, the few times that I've had to be in the school at three in the morning because of marching band, sure. we had to like disarm every alarm in the school so that the cops wouldn't show up. <laughs> And it's Makes always sense. very, it's very strange every time it happens. All right, here's another one. This is from Redditor Mary Dankmas. And this is, again, another person as a teenager made questionable choices. So this Redditor, they used to climb the rooftops of buildings a lot when they were in their, like, early and mid-teens. And their favorite spot was the library by the Redditor's house. It had a ladder up on the backside with a gate blocking off the rungs, but you could grab the top of the gate and basically pull yourself up if you jumped high enough. And so since they were all kind of tall, it wasn't really like a challenge for them. So they got up to the top. They were about to light their joints and smoke the pot and do the drugs. (laughs) Smoking of the weeds. Smoking of the weeds. Yes. Smoking drugs. (laughs) They heard someone say, you boys better get down right now. And they all jumped and they were like, uh, but they couldn't see anyone. And so they looked around like the AC units and electrical boxes on the roof and there was no one there. They walked, looked at the edge of the roof and looked down at the sidewalk and didn't see anyone either they couldn't find a single person up there who wasn't like part of their group and it's also like a rooftop there's not a lot of hiding space right it's not like like somebody on the ground could have like seen them really yeah right like and then like made it sound like they were up there right and so basically it startled them enough that they decided to leave and go get high somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they still don't know, like, what it was that told them to get off the roof. It's creepy. And here's... They got two more. Again, questionable choices by young people. <laughs> <laughs> so this person was Redditor named Tsar Family. Or, like, Tsar Family, like the Russian Tsar. Like Ra Ra Rasputin. Ra Ra Rasputin. Said that they... And their partner in crime did a lot of literal crime. <laughs> they did 
things like burglaries, robberies, thefts, and so on for about five years. Those are crimes. And despite doing the crimes, they were also Orthodox Christians. So they would go to church. And one day they're walking up the stairs and they are watching people like enter the church. And the second that they tried to open the door, it was locked. So they're walking up the stairs to the church and they see people walking in. And when they go to go grab the door, it's locked. And th- this, I guess, is like kind of like a famous church or something because there were a lot of tourists around there and they were taking pictures and they were the only people trying to get in. And then they walked away from the doors and they're like, that's weird that church is like locked. We just watched people get in. So they walk back about like 20 meters and then they start seeing other people walk into the church and like opening the door and walking in. And so they were like, um... God doesn't want us in church today. <laughs> God's like, no, no. So the Y'all Holy Ghost, the Holy out. Spirit was like, mm, you guys do too much crime. <laughs> uh, all right. And then, that's also, come on, Holy Spirit. Like the whole point, my understanding anyway, as a former Catholic, is like, you can do the crime. You just then have to ask for forgiveness and be like, really sorry. Yeah. So... But I guess he wasn't having it that day. He was like, he no, wasn't. no, He was like, nope, you guys do too no much crime. Shits. You're not sorry. So you're not weaseling your way out of this one. You're going to sit in it for a little bit. You're going to sit in it for a little bit. Maybe after you've thought about the decisions that you've made lately over the last five years when you're yeah. doing all the crime. You're going to look at your life. You're going to look at your look choices, choices. And then maybe we'll let you in to do church again. Yeah. So that was the Holy Spirit being like, nope. Not today, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then this last one is from Redditor. I used to steal things. Oh, <laughs> All one word. So many Redditors used to crime. Used to crime. Lots of, I mean, there's 7 billion people on this earth. Lots of people do the crime. That's true. They do I, of the crime. They eat of the drugs. They smoke the weeds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a city where that's legal. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, well, see, it's tricky because in D.C. it is legal to smoke weed. Not on but it's not legal. like federally so because it's a federal city it's like i hope they get statehood it would be nice i would like to like one of the things that bummed me out the most about moving to dc because generally i was like excited and you know i'm like Mm -hmm. wow living in a place that has like stuff to do and cool shit and whatever all about it what bums me out is i'm like my vote won't matter yeah your vote doesn't count anymore baby i live in (laughs) dc but maybe we'll get statehood and that'll be great so anyway Write to anyway. a congressperson and tell them to support statehood because yeah. one of the podcasts you listen to, one of the co-hosts, her voice doesn't count anymore and she's really sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this person used to work as a security guard at a large office building. So this the is a security guard things. user. I used to steal things. I have no further questions. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> so this person says, I often stole things like computers, desks, chairs, etc. from the offices. I was always very careful and never took anything during my actual shift. There were only cameras in the lobby and on the outside of the building and not in any of the tenant spaces. One day I found a wallet in a desk and it had a few hundred dollars. I took the money and left the wallet. I wasn't on that night and no one saw me enter or leave the building and I wasn't on any of the cameras. A few weeks later, a lady I'd never seen before came up to the security desk and told me that she saw me take the money and even knew the exact amount. She just, she said that she wanted me to know that she knew. Then she left and I never saw her again. 
There was no one else with me that night. There is no possible way she could have seen me. So that makes me wonder, one, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> Two. And then, like, did he put the money back? It, no, there's no follow-up to that, but it's like, wait, wait, like, that ghostly old lady is probably, like, I, I don't know. I mean, is that it, That ghostly like, old lady is trying to get you to do the right thing by being yeah, like, that, I saw that you took the $27. Yeah. So I, I just, just want, want you, to, you know to know that I know. That I know that you took $27 out of that wallet you found. Have a like, nice day. Like yeah. I would be like, oh fuck, that's like that's one, like I your conscious. Dro- that's like your your conscious drop, yeah. uh, dropping in and being like, hey, remember when you stole several hundred dollars from that person's wallet? Jiminy Cricket hippity hops and is like, is this really what you want to do? You want to take that twenty seven bucks? You sure? Because I <laughs> saw you and I know you did it. So like, I just wanted you to know. I just want you to know. That's. Ugh. I want you to know that I. That I know. Like, that I know. I feel like if he did not give the money back, that's asking for something very bad. Yeah. Like, I have more questions. Yeah. You like, Reddit is, user, I used to steal things. Yeah. Is that is that ghost going to fuck with you if you don't give the money back? Is it like the people who, and we've covered this before a little bit, if you take volcanic rocks from a certain part of Hawaii, mm-hmm. if you take pieces out of, like, the petrified forest or, like, the painted rocks or whatever allegedly, if you take those things from where they're supposed to be, you'll get cursed. And so, like, tourist centers and, like, national parks will get them mailed back to be like, we took this, we're really sorry, whatever. So that's some, like, painted rock shit being like, I saw you take this, put it back, or something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. I wouldn't chance it. Mm-mm. But then again, I probably wouldn't have taken the money to begin with. I would have yeah, just I picked also up the do wallet. not do crime. So. Yeah, I'm not a crime doer. I talk a big game about crime, but I don't actually. I, I love do the crime. oceans movies. I love heist mm-hmm. movies. But yeah, I would not do crime. <laughs> yeah, I recently had to break a lock, like break a combination oh, lock, God. and it's because so. <laughs> last year I joined it. Last year, two years ago, two years ago now, I joined a gym, and so I got a combination lock so I could like put my shit in the locker and like lock it up and whatever. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, COVID hit, and so I stopped going to an in-person gym. And then I forgot the combination because (gasps) I didn't use it for, like, ten months. Right. And so I came across it in December when I was packing up to move, and I was like, fuck. So I just, like, sat there and I, like, Googled how to break a combination Combination master lock, lock, like, brand, whatever. And so, like, I sat there for, like, 45 minutes, like, very carefully listening for the tick, 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 tick. And then I kept writing down, like, okay, is it this combination? Is it, you know... 37, 14, 8, or whatever, and, like, just going through and going through and going through. And then I posted something to Twitter about how, like, I've spent so long trying to break this lock open and it fucking won't. And then as soon as I tweeted that, I broke it open. And I was like, I can do heists now! I've had to look up once how to remove one of those security tags from a sweater. Oh, no! Because I ordered something online, and it came with the security tag on it. And I was so angry because my parents were also like, did you steal this? And I was like, no, I don't do crime. Right. 
Do you my, know how much anxiety I have just about like putting my hand in a bag like, in a store and being accused of stealing? Like, right? Like, yeah. I'm afraid. Like, sometimes I'm sweaty in stores just because yeah. I'm a very sweaty person, and I'm scared someone will see me sweating in the store and think that I am stealing something yep. when in fact I'm just sweaty. Yeah. But anyway, for reference, the combination to that lock I have it written down now, but it's thirty four seventeen twenty seven. Wow. So. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. But like the first ever pair of yoga pants I bought, this is how much I don't do crime. The first ever pair of yoga pants I bought, I went to the mall with my best friend because she was visiting. Mm-hmm. To I Right before I dropped her off at the airport, we went to a mall. I bought a pair of yoga pants. And because, you know, I was dropping her off at the airport, I wasn't like checking the things I purchased and whatever. And I yeah. got home and I went to put on the yoga pants and they had <laughs> left the security tag on them. And it was literally the only thing I bought. So it's not even like, you know, they had to scan a shirt and a oh, scarf and no. another pair of pants. No, that was literally the only thing I bought. And, <gasps> and I they guess didn't. they didn't know that the tag was there. <sighs> so I got it home and I was like, fuck. So I looked at it for a long time and I'm like, do I just eat the cost? Or like, so I had to like scrounge through everything to find the fucking receipt. And I went back and I had the receipt and mm-hmm. I was like, they're going to think that I stole these pants. And so I came and I was like, um, the security tag I left on it, but I have the receipt. And they just like took the pants and took the security tag off. Yeah. I, there once was a double security tag thing on a coat oh, that I bought. No. There was a tag on the jacket and then mm-hmm. a tag just not latched, but just in the pocket. And that Fuck. the one that was just in the pocket was setting off detectors in other stores. And I was like, but I watched the lady take the tag off of this jacket. Yeah, and it what's out, happening? It was just, like, in the pocket. Anyway, I don't do crime. I, if you asked me, how did you take off the security tag, Sasha? I'm going to tell you straight up, I don't remember. <laughs> like, I, I did it once. I threw away the tag. I felt weird about it. And then, like, that was, I think, three years ago. That was too much. And I cannot tell you how to do it. That's how anti-crime I am. <laughs> I'm so scared of getting in trouble. <laughs> On the one hand, I would love to do a heist because I love puzzles, and that's basically mm-hmm. all a heist is. Oh, that's a why I break out escape rooms. Do that yeah. for me. Perfect. Yeah, like we can go in, we can do our little heisty heist, solving puzzles, whatever, and there's no actual crimes committed. But it feels like there were. But I was Googling, like, how to remove a security tag, and I was about to try it because it, it recommended, like... You put the whole garment in the freezer and then you wait like 24 hours and it's like a high risk, high reward thing. Because then once it's frozen, you hit it with a hammer because theoretically the ink will be frozen so it won't damage the garment. It should just be like chunks of ice. But even WikiHow was like, you have to be very careful with this because a lot of the times this isn't enough. It'll still stay in your garment. But if you're desperate. And so I like sat there staring at that for like an hour being like, do I go back to JCPenney? Or do I just try what WikiHow said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For pants I had purchased. <laughs> How have I not been to like an Ocean's Eleven themed breakout room or escape yeah, room? Yeah, why doesn't, why doesn't a heist room exist? I went to a Casino Royale themed one once and we broke the room on accident. So I have two oh. breaking the escape room story. So this is one of them. So it was a Casino Royale themed one, like James Bond. So you're like supposed to figure out who the secret agent is like dressed up as today or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fine, whatever. But like we had these magnetic cards and, and that was like the identity card. So like as you got clues, you were like, OK, well, it's not this one. It's not this one. Right. So we stuck them. There was a magnet board in there. So obviously the point was you stick the cards oh. to the magnet board so that you can like see them easily yeah, and like, yeah. pull them off, whatever. 
except we stuck one to the magnet board and then it just fell off. And the way it fell, it fell behind the crown molding along the floor. Oh, no. So we we summoned the guy and we were like, um, one of the cards fell. So he like stopped our time. He comes in and he was like, do you know which card it was? And we were like, no, but it fell behind the crown molding and we can't get to it. We're oh, really no. sorry. And so he had to like look at all of the cards we still had, which were in like four places around the room. Cause you know, when we do escape rooms, it's chaos. Yeah. And like, finally he figured out, okay, it's this one. So he went and he got like the backup card and like stuck it on. And he's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. But we were like, I'm so sorry. Okay. The first escape room I ever did, I did with my partner and a couple friends of his. And then we were in the room with four randos. Because it was an eight-person room, mm-hmm. and this is a this is a now defunct escape room that was in DC on H Street, and the theme was like escape from the Oval Office. So the mission was you're like White House interns, but really you're alien uh-huh. hunters, and so you're supposed to steal proof that we found life on the moon, find proof that aliens existed while the president was out of the room, and then get out of the room before he could tell. <gasps> and so. We were doing it, and, like, at one point, there's a, you open a book, and there's a lock. And so we found the key to it. We put the key in the lock. And the it was one of the rando girls, because I was over there with her, and, like, I handed her the key, and she put it in. She twisted it, and the key snapped off in the <gasps> lock. Oh, no. And we were like... And we were like, you know what? We can't worry about that now. Let's try and solve. And it ended up you could still figure out. It was just like there was a puzzle piece in there that oh. like when you shine the black light on it, you see three numbers. So you could still tell the last number was five. It was just missing part of the like curvy part of the five. <sighs> and so like when we left the room, we told the lady like, we're really sorry. Like we handed it to her. And we're like, we're really sorry. But like, yeah, we tried the key and it just snapped off because it was a really small key. Oh, no. And she goes. There's another group that's supposed to be in here in 10 minutes, and we don't have a backup to this one. Oh, no. And we were like, I'm so sorry. But if it helps, they can definitely solve it without that specific puzzle piece. And then we left, and I oh, felt really God. bad. So we talk a big game here at Spoop Hour. All this to say, we talk a big game about being in heists and crime and whatever, but like, really, oh. we're wibbly and we can't do it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking around now. There is there's a gallery heist one in D.C., Oh. And there's a bank heist one in Ashburn. There we go. <laughs> Two opposite <laughs> there places. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, when we're safe to do stuff again, we can go and we can get our heist on, but in like a safe, safe. non-crimey capacity for I, weebles like us. For for my birthday, we did, me and two of my friends did a, one in Old Town, and mm. it was like a 8 to 12 person room we did with just the three of us. And we got out like with a really oh. good time. But we were definitely like, yeah, not having having to make appointments and like pay for the entire room yourself but not have to like risk teaming up with randos was actually like the way to do it (laughs) i did one once it was my mom my brother and i and it may have been art heisty i don't remember it it was kind of heisty but it was like it might have been like an escape from the museum thing Uh, mm -hmm. and it was three of us in a room that was intended for seven and we got out with no joke like eight seconds left on Oh, the wow. Like, we literally, he was, like, 30 seconds left, and we were like, oh, we found the kid. So we, like, sprinted to the door. Wow. So anyway, all this to say, our unfinished business would be we'd come back as ghosts to do more escape rooms. More escape crimes. Room. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll be more bold in the afterlife. Maybe we will. <laughs> but for now, we remain your loyal spoop hosts who cannot do crimes. So... 
Do you know a story of a ghost that's unfinished business or literally any ghost? Email spoopower at gmail.com. Have you ever accidentally broken an escape room? Please tell me. I would love to feel better about snapping that key with that girl. (laughs) And like, she wasn't even twisting it that hard. She just applied like a normal amount of I'm turning a key force and it just like clanged off in her hand. And I was just like, holding the book like. So, anyway, email spoopower at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at spoopower and tell us your escape room mishaps, your ghosts with unfinished business, your business ghosts, uh, your hospital ghosts, hospital ghosts, ghosts building ghosts, do stuff, ghosts who don't do stuff, pet ghosts, ghost pets, ghost pets, yeah, different than pet ghosts, because yeah. pet ghosts is, I have a ghost who is my pet, whereas ghost pets is like, the the pet is the is ghost. now haunting your house. Yeah. yeah. So tell us those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have a great week, y'all. Hang in there. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Be safe. Stay away from other people. Don't do crime. Don't no crime. Good evening, everybody. Or morning or afternoon or whatever my name is adam and i'm matt and we are graveyard tales now if you like stories of ghost hauntings the paranormal preternatural and the downright weird and you enjoy a few laughs as well then you should probably check us out find us anywhere you get your podcast come join our facebook group at graveyard tales podcast or on twitter at G-R-V-E-Y, just go search Graveyard Tales. That would be easier. We look forward to seeing you in the graveyard. See you soon.